This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. Hi everyone, it's Alice Cash from Weekly Woman. Thank you so much for being here today. Today we have a special show lined up for you. We talk about all things holiday stress. It's real. It's so real this year. And then we talk to a girl that's moved beyond the stresses and anxieties of the pandemic to play pro volleyball in Europe. You're not going to want to miss this. The holiday season used to be known as a quiet time for celebrating with your family and for peace. But our pressures of living in the 21st century have now transformed the holiday season into a hectic and stressful event that puts that peace on the back burner of history. December is now considered to be the most stressful time of the year, and with good reason. In a recent survey, it was reported by Natural Solutions Magazine that 45% of Americans would rather skip the winter than go through the emotional and financial pressures of the holiday season. In addition, it was found that emergency rooms report the greatest influx of patients during this period, with stress being found as the root cause. And let's not even talk about this year. Even without the pandemic, December is a stressful month. There are all kinds of pressures to perform, whether that means buying gifts or thinking about impending bills piling up in January. There could be more of those deadlines at work. There are also the changes in diet, accounting for all the holiday treats and parties with alcohol and sweets. These are significant changes during the month, and the pressure to stay positive makes December a truly hard month on our bodies, both physically and mentally. These stresses of the season are actually meant to be a survival tactic for the body. When you feel stressed, it's your body reacting to external factors, hormonal interactions affecting your physiological systems, and helping protect you from danger. But instead of perhaps the fight-or-flight stresses that the animal kingdom experiences, we have multiple little stressors that stimulate our nervous system. In December, there are so many stressors that our system gets stuck in that constant stress zone. The brain at this point loses the ability to coordinate all the information that affects motivation, emotional behaviors, and our environments. This becomes a loss of control that creates more exaggerated emotion and physical responses like anxiety, stress, and a sense of feeling overwhelmed. What's happening is our neurochemical and hormonal reactions to stress, which come from a set of interactions called the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal, to not function correctly and thus move hormone levels up and down, causing stress to our systems. It's good to know about stress so it doesn't have to have control over you. Stress is important because it helps you to know when you need to take a pause, when to breathe, and it helps keep you safe. But it is frustrating and an inevitable part of the holiday season. This year is more stressful than most, but even if the stress keeps happening, learn to take a break. You need to learn to say no. You don't have to go to every Zoom event. You don't have to buy every present. You don't have to eat every cookie, although I will if they are near me. Try to get selfish with your time and spend it on you. Be sure to try practicing yoga or give yourself a manicure. Do something that makes you happy because protecting your health is the best holiday gift you could give yourself and your family, especially this year. And if you need some extra help to keep the stresses lower, try Jubilance for PMS. It's the only clinically proven supplement to help relieve stress and anxiety during that time of the month. At least you don't have to stress during PMS. 
Today, we're hearing from volleyball player Rachel Justino. She talks to us about how she's away from the stress of the United States right now. She's in amazing Switzerland playing pro volleyball and how she made it to the pros even in the midst of a pandemic. A professional volleyball player currently living it up in Switzerland, Rachel Justino is anything but ordinary. Hailing from Illinois and from Murray State with 1,764 total kills, when you hit the volleyball over the net and get a point, in case you don't know what that is. This queen of the court was the Ohio Valley Conference Player of the Year and an honorable mention All-American by the American Volleyball Coaches Association. This outside hitter comes from a family of athletes. Her dad, Gerard, played pro, ball, pro baseball after also being a college athlete. She eventually wants to become a dentist and after graduating from college last year, she experienced the graduation with shutdown. We're so excited to talk to her about all of this. Welcome, Rachel. Hello. Yay! We're so excited that you're here. Thank you, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Okay, so we start off with some like fun questions. Okay, what is the job that you thought you would have when you were five? Okay, so like most little kids who think science is cool, I was so certain that I was going to be a marine biologist. And I thought this because I, I felt in my heart like I was a mermaid. And I was like, that's just the job for me. Like I'm meant to be with the ocean animals. And so, you know. Oh my gosh, did you think you could like grow a tail? Yeah, have, have you ever seen the 13th year? Yes, it's so Channel. good. On my 13th birthday, my heart was broken when I didn't grow gills. So. I'm so sorry. Wow. Yeah, I'm still, still kind of holding out, but. <laughs> I loved that film. It was so good. Did you also watch H2O? Yeah. It was so good. I, yes, my, it was. Any our, kind our, of mermaid content, I was here for it. Yes, our other sister Gretchen, she watches that series like once a year. She is obsessed. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Speaking of obsessed, what are you obsessed with? I wouldn't say that I'm like an obsessive person. I think that I I have like a, a genre of information. I know a lot about like various science topics. Ooh. I think microbiology is really, really cool. And like the gut microbiome is something that I would love to research more. But I wouldn't say it's like an obsession, more of like a an academic interest. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. I have many obsessions, which are probably yeah. not great. But <laughs> well, I've met cool. your sister, so I can see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite snack? I'm definitely a salty snacker, so any kind of like uh, pita chip, pretzel chip that I can like scoop shovel hummus into my mouth with that is really I would say somewhere in my favorite but currently I'm living in Switzerland and the chocolate here is you know ridiculous and I eat much more than I'm willing to tell you <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I wish I could have some right now Samantha our my sister brought some home um mm -hmm. and it is just amazing it like melts yeah. on your tongue it's so good. And you know, they say that it's so good. And so when you arrive, you're like, well, it's got to be so good. And it blows all your expectations. It's, yeah, it's that I'm good. Normally, I'm normally not a milk chocolate person. I like 
gravitate towards dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. um, but it is just amazing. Like, how yeah. do they make it so much better than anywhere else? I wish I knew. <laughs> I, would, I would be much wealthier if I did. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of your like life abroad, where is your favorite place you've ever traveled? Um, I went on a business trip with my dad two spring breaks ago. Uh, he had some meetings in Dubai and I got to be his assistant. Cool. And that was just so incredible. Everything there is gorgeous. There is not like an ugly car. There's not an ugly sidewalk. There's not an ugly person. Like everything in Dubai is like plated in gold. It's gorgeous. Wow. That's amazing. What, what were you guys doing there? So your dad he had work. work all day. And so I hung out in the hotel. I walked around. I didn't do very much stuff by myself because um, yeah. being a woman in the UAE was kind of, yeah. I wasn't really supposed to be alone. So I hung out in the fancy hotel. Oh, that sounds, that sounds really fun. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. I would love to go back. Wow. Um, and can you talk about where you're living now? So you're in Switzerland. Um, can you talk about your little town that you're in? Yeah, so I'm living in Dudingen. Um, it's like a 20 minute train ride from Bern, which is, I guess, the technical capital of Switzerland. But it's definitely not like the biggest city here. But Dudingen is this teeny tiny little town. I live right across the street from the train station. So I feel very connected to the rest of Switzerland. But like it's got one main road all of the grocery stores and restaurants are on this road. I also live across from the doctor's office and I live next door to a kebab place. And I often make jokes that I live there. That is amazing. I love yeah. kebabs. Have you, have you yep, tried I that? also love kebabs. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep. Wow, that's so convenient. It um, is. What is your favorite part about living in Switzerland? I think, uh, this is the first time that I've ever really lived, uh, this is the first time I've ever lived abroad, and so just getting to kind of experience European culture uh, is really cool, and I think that Switzerland is a unique place because it is sort of a hodgepodge of different cultures, similar to the way that America is like a bunch of different cultures all kind of combining into this new, unique dynamic, and that's kind of what Switzerland is in the town that we live in actually is like right on the border between the French speaking cantons and the German speaking cantons. So I hear French and German and English all the time. And it's just kind of this neat little meeting place. That's so cool. Do you speak any, either of those languages? Uh, no, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> I took eight years of Spanish. And so I can speak oh, wow. like intermediate Spanish. Like I could get by and so sometimes the French makes a little more sense to me because it's oh. similar roots so like I can figure things out yeah. but no I'm hopeless with German. Oh okay. Do they speak a lot of English there too then? Is, is it a, you're able to get by? Yeah most people like if uh if someone I have to speak with someone in a store or like at the post office there's usually a young person there who speaks English. I would say that oh. a lot of the younger generation speaks English and I've I've started to recognize enough words that sometimes I don't even have to ask but okay. for the most part people speak English. Oh cool. So we've got to stop and talk about our sponsor Jubilance for PMS. It's a daily supplement that helps you be you. 
Jubilance is an over-the-counter nutritional supplement shown in clinical trials to relieve the emotional symptoms of PMS. That means less stress, anxiety, and more of getting back to your life. You deserve to be your best self all month long. And thanks to modern science, PMS is now optional. It's the first and only product for emotional PMS backed by real science with double-blind, placebo-controlled, peer-reviewed studies. And it works. I work for Jubilance because I'm here to help women, and this is the real deal. Jubilance isn't just a product. It's a global mission to make PMS mood swings a thing of the past. The Jubilance Sisterhood is a movement of thousands of strong women escaping the PMS struggle with science, sharing, and communal support. We're here for you each week with stories of amazing women, your weekly playlist on Spotify, and for you to dish and cry about periods on our Facebook group. So why not give Jubilance a try? Go to www.jubilance.com to learn more. And you came there in a very like different type of situation. Can you talk a little bit about um, like the past year? I mean, we've had COVID, it's been quarantine. Um, like, did you even know that you were going to play? Um, can you talk a little bit about going from like your graduation at Murray State and mm-hmm. how different that was um, to making it overseas? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of when COVID started to become more of a serious thing uh, in the U.S., like when people started to actually think that it was, you know, happening here, I was finishing up my last semester of college and, you know, there was talk about COVID, but it hadn't shut anything down yet. No one had been impacted by it yet uh, in the, the way that we now see that everyone's been impacted by COVID. So we were all just kind of like, there were like rumors like, oh, this could get bad, but it didn't feel very real. And I was thinking about where I was going to play overseas. So I, you know, my head was completely somewhere else. I was uh, fielding calls from various European men. I said that like the whole process of finding where I was going to play was like speed dating. Like I was getting phone calls all the time and it was just like, how, how can I help you? (laughs) Um, So all of this is happening and then we go on spring break. Um, And I was going on a backpacking trip in Florida. And at that point, COVID was more real, I guess is what you would say. Like people knew that it was happening, but I felt fairly safe going on a backpacking trip because it was gonna be me and my three friends in a car. We were not gonna be around other people. We were going hiking and camping. Like we were gonna be far away from others. And so I go on this trip And on the second day or third day, we get an email that classes are, you know, there's another break for two more weeks. Wow. And so I'm like, great, longer spring break. (laughs) Um, And then two days later, while I'm sitting on the beach, we're about to head home. I get an email that all of my classes are moved online for the rest of the semester. Wow. And so I'm just like what is even happening? All of everything was suddenly completely up in the air. It was like in that moment, everything became so real and couldn't be ignored. And, you know, I look back on it now, like how foolish of me to think that this was just something that would pass, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. I think all of us were a little frazzled. My sister came home. Uh, my other sister came home here and she thought it would be two weeks and then she'd go back to mm-hmm. her place in Manhattan and it ended up being seven months, eight months. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. It just, it hit everyone like a bus. 
Yeah. And so from that point, I feel like I've had this like constant feeling of like, there's no permanence to anything anymore. Mm. So right after that happened, I had to finish my semester online. I had to sign a contract. Um, and I, everything I was doing just felt like, I don't know if this is ever going to be something that really happens. Mm -hmm. You know, I signed with um, this team, I think in April, I signed the contract and, you know, people would ask me about it. And I would say, I can't even really be that excited because who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, who knows if I'm ever actually going to go, you know, I, I'm saying I'm going, but I also said that I was going to graduate college and walk in my graduation ceremony. And you know, that didn't happen. Oh man. What, what did they do for the graduation then? So initially, they were going to push us all to the December graduation, and they were just going to make the December graduation a bigger ceremony because normally fewer people graduate you yeah. know, halfway through the school year. And obviously, nothing was better. That, you know, that was their game plan months ago. And then as this pandemic has progressed, they realized, well, that's not really a feasible option. So they did a, an online graduation in December, mm. but I didn't even watch i'm sorry that that's gotta be just depressing because like you're you don't even have a chance to say goodbye to some friends or to professors um that's really tough and it's just it's a different kind of like suck because it's not like a tangible thing that i've lost it's more like well, this is something that I had no idea what it would be like. I am the oldest of three siblings. And so I'm the first one to graduate college. I've never been to a college graduation. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was just like, oh, well, that's not happening. And it, it's almost just like mourning the loss of something that was never really real. Yeah. It's a really interesting way to like process emotions because I'm not grieving because it wasn't something that I wanted that badly you know like it's just a formality but it's I think that this class who didn't get to graduate and probably future classes if things continue to you know be so bad I think it's just going to be a really unique experience that we don't quite have the equipment to process yeah I think this will be a year that we'll all have to process in different ways yeah um, absolutely fortunately it just keeps um snowballing yeah yeah and so i'm so glad samantha and you are out of the country and yes and, so and together us. yes safe together in a country that is really taking care of healthcare and um mm -hmm. like quarantining and masks um so that's good at least yeah absolutely it's so strange to like look from the outside at the united states and be like wow i I mean, I love being from where I'm from. I love home, but it's just, of all the years that I could have picked to like leave the country, this was a really good one. <laughs> yeah. And you guys are in such a like unique position because Samantha was telling me all like how, like, I guess burn is like very similar to how it usually is. Like life is normal. Mm -hmm. And like mm -hmm. you guys can go to the mountains. You can like go hiking, you get to like yep. play your sport that you guys love. Mm -hmm. um so it's it's really wonderful um when so much of the united states is just on hold um, yeah and it's like paused for a year i wish we didn't have to age for a year that's like my biggest that's true yeah time taking a time out but we're not 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Very, very strange times. Can you talk about your volleyball career? Um, what, what made you go into volleyball in the first place? Yeah. Um, my mom actually played volleyball in college. Oh. So she is kind of like the fire that started it all. And so when I was really young, she would coach uh, the older girls at my middle school. And because, you know, she was my mom, I would hang out there and I would watch practice. And I just remember thinking that those girls were so cool. Like they would joke around with my mom and then they would hit the volleyball so hard. And I was like, they're awesome. Like, I want to be like them. Um, and so my mom, of course, encouraged me when I was in fifth grade is when I started playing. And so she was my coach for my first two years. Um, and from that point, we kind of realized like, oh, I'm not horrible at this. No one told me to quit. Every other thing that I'd tried, I'd been told, maybe, maybe this isn't for you. I did ballet for a while. And my ballet teacher was like, maybe you should try something else. Oh no! I did band. I tried to play the trumpet. And I was also told that maybe I should stick to sports. <laughs> well, you tried. That's yeah, valid. yeah, I did. I tried it. I tried soccer. And I really was not a fan of the running. Uh, so volleyball really felt like the perfect fit to fifth grade me. Uh, and from that point, um, the Midwest has really great volleyball, like club volleyball. Um, I feel like a lot of the clubs in that area are like very good nationally. And so I just ended up at a good club. And so I got some really good instruction early on in my career. And I think that really kind of, you know, was the starting point for being a high level volleyball player. And I just, I loved, I loved it. That's amazing. Wow. And just, it's like gone from there, from Murray State to here in Switzerland. Yeah, it's um, crazy. I would have never guessed that professional volleyball was something that I would have done, but I feel like every phase of my volleyball career, I've kind of been like, so what's next? Yeah. And I also read that you're interested in becoming a dentist. Um, is that yeah. still true? Like, can you talk a little bit about that? You have an amazing smile, by the way. Oh, thank you. Several of these teeth are fake. <laughs> Whoa! Which is actually why I think that uh, dentistry is like a path that I wanted to take so long ago. But I was born without uh, my lateral incisors, which are these second teeth here. Huh. And so I had two front teeth and then a big gap and then the rest of my teeth. And I kind Whoa. of looked like SpongeBob, to be, <laughs> to be completely honest. And so when I was young, I hated the way that my teeth looked. I hated the things kids would say to me about oh. my teeth. You know, kids are horrible. Yeah. And so I just always had no confidence in my smile. And then when I started getting braces and getting my teeth fixed and I got um, like fake teeth put in my retainer. So that drastically changed my confidence. It, you know, it made me want to talk to people more. Um, <laughs> and just experiencing that and seeing how having a nice smile can impact my confidence and made me feel more comfortable around people. Like, you know, I was kind of science minded and I was like, great, this is perfect. Like my dentist and my orthodontist changed my life for the better. Like I would love to do that for other people. Wow. That's wonderful. So that's like somewhere down the line becoming a dentist. Yeah. So uh, I kind of realized in college that pro volleyball was an option for me. And so I kind of slowed down that track. I did graduate with a degree in biology and a minor in chemistry. So I have the prereqs for dental school, but in this pandemic, I've actually really developed an interest in like science communication and just I've seen 
the way that the scientific community failing to properly explain things to the general public can have drastic impacts on like public health and people's mental health. And so, you know, I think that might be something that I kind of want to pursue kind of yeah. sooner and then maybe dental school at a later point, but we'll see. That's so interesting. The world is your oyster. You have so much time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what people say. <laughs> yeah. And perfect to just like play volleyball now and enjoy. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of um, nice to not have to make the choice yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and something that we always ask on this podcast is what is your take on womanhood? My take on womanhood. When I think about like what it is to be a woman, I think that the most common theme is that it's never been the same. Like throughout all of history, being a woman has had various different, you know, definitions and expectations. And I think even that is where we actually find, in my opinion, like the root of womanhood is our adaptability. Because I think that we constantly have to change like little minor details about ourselves to fit into this form that like our male dominated society has said is most appropriate and you know that's more on like a philosophical sense but also in a literal sense like the female body is constantly changing uh, we are able to change so much that we can literally create a new human so i just think that you know the physical makes visible the invisible huh. of like you know our spirituality or our essence or our being and so i just think that adaptability and the ability to hold on to our truest self while the world tries to kind of chip away and make us fit into a different mold is the essence of womanhood. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I never heard it like that, adaptability um, and putting ourselves in a sort of mold. So I wonder how, like, as we fight that mold, <laughs> what it'll continue to look like. Uh, yeah, I think it'll change probably for the rest of time. Yeah, that's fascinating. And to follow up on that, um, if you met anyone on the street, like any woman on the street, like what, like if you just had a sentence, what advice would you give her? I, the best advice I think that just a random stranger could get on any <laughs> occasion would just be to like, choose to love others and let them love you. I know that's so broad and can be interpreted in so many different ways. And I guess I don't really mean love in like the, the grand Hallmark movie gesture kind of way. I really mean love in more of a practical way. But I just think that especially in crazy times like this, like radically choosing to actively love people is so important because someone has to do it and why not you? Yeah, that's wonderful. And I think we all need that love right now, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> Choose to love everyone. Yeah. Um, or who you're going to love. It's wonderful. Yep. Um, and Rachel, is there anything else you'd like to add to our listeners today? Hmm. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. It was so nice to have you on. Thank you so much. This has been lovely. Yeah.